0: Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. As our economy and society have become more complex, we've started to rely on big data, data data-driven solutions, and AI analytics to describe what we do, what we buy, and where we choose to invest. But what do these terms really mean? Where does all this data come from? And how can these analytics really help us and our businesses do better? With me today to discuss this is Rachel Varon, founder and CEO of Ruby Research, a Baton Rouge-based company that offers data, research, and analytics services to mostly nonprofit and government clients. Ruby Research helps its clients use data to learn, improve, and grow. Rachel is a mixed method policy researcher with a personal specialty in human services, child and family policy, and a passion for the nonprofit space. Before founding the firm in mid-2021, she was director of business intelligence and analytics at the LSU Foundation. And prior to that, she was an analyst at Louisiana Economic Development. Rachel says Ruby Research represents a coming home to what she feels is her true vocation, putting the best of her knowledge and energy to work in service to her community. Rachel, it's a pleasure to meet you. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much, it's a pleasure to be here. With me and Rachel at the table is Lex Adams. Lex is the CEO of Crimer, a software company that uses AI and analytics to predict patterns of crime and stop crime before it's committed. Lex and some of his computer science buddies created Crimer in 2018, while they were still just students at LSU. In the years since, they've gotten a lot of attention with their software, which pulls data from a variety of sources, feeds it into an AI system, then spits information out predicting where crime will happen. You may remember we talked about this and le- with Lex when he was a guest on this show in 2020 during the height of the COVID lockdown, and we were recording remotely. Since then, he has gone on to form two spin-off companies. One is called Vigilus, a startup that specializes in web and app development for businesses, and the other, Griffin Games, which does video
2: game development.
1: Lex, it is a pleasure to have you back on out to lunch to talk about your new companies and to get to meet you in person.
2: Yeah. Yes, thank you Welcome. so much for having me.
1: Rachel, I want to start with you. Like, I would love to be a professional researcher. That is probably something not a lot of people have said. Maybe, I don't know. Is, is that what really drove you to this? I mean, have you always just enjoyed getting into the books and databases? or We well, were
3: both researchers a little bit, right, Stephanie? <laughs> right. I do think that I have a passion for research and coming up from an academic background, it was a part of the academic life that I really loved. What's beautiful about research is, is it starts with a burning question that's not really easy to answer. And um, through my training, um, started to focus more on quantitative research, which is where the careers of Lex here and I kind of intersect the use of data to answer questions. Um, data can come from systems um, and organizational systems in your business, and data can come from simply talking to people. And I like the idea of using different methods or mixed methods to really tell the story um, behind the question that you're a- asking. So. And, and when you talk
1: about quantitative, you're talking about, right, like, statistics and databases and numbers and and qualitative that would imply I suppose focus groups interviews that
3: kind of stuff exactly and and you do it all and then put it together in reports right Um, I'm a solopreneur business so for right now I'm doing most of it myself however if there's a particular project that calls for a particular expertise I work with other freelancers and I really enjoy that too working with other very smart people who are experts in their work very good
1: well, Lex, I want to bring you into the conversation. So in 2020, when we first met you, AI was a big deal. Today, AI is an even bigger deal. <laughs> and CRIMER is based on, on AI. Bring us up to speed on what CRIMER is doing with AI and also how the company has sort of evolved and led to these two new spinoffs.
2: Yeah, perfect. So CRIMER itself is using a machine learning AI model that's based on the Transformer model. So back before ChatGPT really took the world by storm, yeah. we had something that was the underpinning of what we see as ChatGPT today, and that's the transformer model, which does a lot of these predictions. So,
1: so- I'm sorry, so tell us what the transformer model is. We're not talking about that
2: toy from
1: the-, from the No, no, no nothing the like that spray. at all.
2: <laughs> so it's just- uh, in AI and mm-hmm. machine learning, there are a number of different types of models, and the transformer is one of them. And it's responsible, in, in our case, for forecasting around crime. So that is what uh, we based Crimer on back when I was a student, and uh, we had noticed that, you know, in Louisiana we have an extremely high per capita murder rate in our country, uh, in our state. It has been the highest in Louisiana for over 30 years now. Um, however the uh, pandemic, when when we were talking, led us to some very difficult times for our company. So uh, we empowered our municipal and civic leaders with information about crime analytics so that they could make more informed decisions and deal with crime problems as they were happening in their city. And what we wanted to do uh, during the pandemic simply just wasn't possible. We were noticing that crime was at an all-time low there were, uh, a re- there was a reduction of twenty percent in mm. uh, property crime and violent crime. People were staying indoors,
1: and that was just in Baton Rouge or statewide.
2: That was that was countrywide actually. That was actually. countrywide, it was countrywide okay. but but it affected Baton Rouge just as much. Sure. And I remember we were sitting in my office, and the lights were off, and everyone had to be home, and we were just tossing around a football, talking to each other about what are we going to do next. Yeah. Um, I mean there. We are all about taking on new challenges, and right now the challenge was not there. Funds were being reappropriated from uh, your crime prevention into municipal health services. And with crime at an all-time low, we had to make a, a very critical decision. So we're just tossing the football around and we're like, hey, why don't we try to pivot? Why don't we take the skills that got us to where we are today and apply them in other areas? And so we stayed with the domain that we were very familiar with, which is the public safety software, and we built our, our first product, which was Campus Safe, with a partner here in Baton Rouge, which was like a panic safety button for schools. Wow,
1: a panic safety button for schools. Okay, put an X right there, because we're now on the edge of a cliff, and we want to hear more about it. Rachel, I want to bring you back into the conversation, though, to tell us a little bit more about Ruby Research. And most of your clients are government or nonprofits and that's really where you want to focus
3: it's where I I built my niche and just like every uh, small business I'm uh, in the middle of my second year business and that's something that I found out a lot in the first year of is, you know where um, you have to be where uh, the people are that need you the most Mm -hmm. and want to work with you the most and I think that's that became my niche and it's something that I really feel um, passionate about waking up every day and doing my work, and um, it's been a lovely way to focus my efforts um, and do what we all have to do, which is sales as a small business, Sure, is finding where we can be of highest value and of most use in the places we are. And no question that nonprofits, I
1: think, really need data, um, not only to effectively provide their services, but they have to give data to their funders in order to be able to win grants and awards, right? And to show them how but the problem is, like, they don't have a whole lot of money to spend on things like data. Exactly. I mean, so, exactly. So, it, so it's a balance. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, are, are, it, do you charge them, like, full freight? Is there a nonprofit rate? or?
3: What's beautiful about being a solopreneur and owning your own business is you negotiate everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a principle of my business to try to meet the challenge of building this capacity for nonprofits. Because a lot of nonprofits feel like they're behind. They're behind what like is doing with his company at the cutting edge but they feel like they should use it for the benefit of social good and so uh, we start with a dream or a question and they may have an idea of what they can spend in budget a lot of times nonprofits don't have permanent capacity to do their data projects but we try to get started where we can Mm -hmm. and that is all um, in the scoping of the project and seeing if there's something, if, if there's a place that I can meet the company and what I provide and what they need at the time for their analytical maturity and their progress as an organization with data and analytics. And just give us an example of the kinds of
1: data that you might collect for a nonprofit organization.
3: Well, it's really interesting because one of the things I've been on the road for a while talking about is uh, the richness of public data sources. Um, open data sources aren't always as accessible to a general business owner as they should be and people like Lex and I can help them access it and transform it into something that's useful. Um, A a certain application that I can imagine would be really cool is um, if you're just trying to understand a public problem like infant mortality rates. You do not need to be a hospital to know about that. There is information all out there. And so we're, we're kind of overwhelmed by how much information is available, not only in public data resources, but also within your own company. So it's just kind of unpacking and targeting the, the approach to data. And that's what the research lens brings is... We don't have to be overwhelmed by everything that exists out there in data land. We just need what we need to answer the question. And if we don't have it out there, we need to be brave enough to go and collect it and to collect it in the right way. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: that's great. Well, I'm glad to know that you are in that niche because certainly it is very, very needed. And so Lex, pivot during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and y'all take your AI expertise and your sort of Model and right. adapt it to this new product. That's right. So and it's called what?
2: It's called Campus Safe. So okay. we're software engineers, and we were at this pivotal moment where we had to decide how are we going to spend our time, how are we get, how are we going to apply what we know to make the impact in the world that we want to that we want to make. We want to be the change we want to see in the world, right? So Campus Safe was one of our first projects coming out of this. And it's a project that's a panic button for schools, allowing a teacher in an emergency situation yeah. with the school to connect first responders immediately to the school to respond. Whereas normally you would have to call 911 and you're connected with a dispatcher and then they deploy people, we are able to connect the first responders directly with the school the five closest for the emergency situation. Right. And this reduces response times by as much as eight minutes in in our studies. So uh, this was the beginning of a long stream of projects that are similar to this. Uh, This was all through... Vigilis, this is when we started to transition to Vigilis from CRIMER. Uh, Vigilis really allowed us to do a lot more as a company because we were no longer limited to the scope of hey, we're, we're just doing CRIMER, this public safety software platform. And uh, for me, it, it allowed us to really, as uh, as Rachel was saying, use our company as a platform mm-hmm. uh, to, to be a conduit to generate social good mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge and beyond. So you know, for instance, here in our state, we have, uh, we're ranked 49th in the country for higher education. And even though we have our institution, our flagship institution, LSU here, uh, we're still seeing that our college graduates are underperforming those from other states in, in fields like computer science and technology where we really need them to be uh, outperforming, to, to bring ourselves up out of poverty. So uh, we do a number of things with the community, you know, in high school. You know, Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So does Vigilus,
1: uh, do, does this campus safety, mm-hmm. and it's a, a button? It's, a, right. it's, it's a an app on the phone, schools.
2: basically? That's exactly right. That's and exactly and
1: right. would all of the teachers, say, at a particular institution
2: have access to it on their
1: smartphones, or is there a device That's- or how?
2: That's correct. They can install it to their smartphones, uh-huh. and and they can use it to connect with first responders immediately. And, and then how
1: ha- kind of how do you? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that this is interesting to me because how do you like um, design a product that basically bypasses nine one one? Does that do you have to get regulatory approval from like that city or from the FCC or whatever yeah. to just be able to connect? a school directly to the closest police station without going through the
2: established EMS system? Right, so it's very important that we have partnerships with all of the emergency responders in that area. Mm -hmm. So yes, it does bypass the traditional dispatch system, but dispatch is still connected we're just connecting the emergency responders first so that they can actually get to the scene as quickly as possible. So yeah, that absolutely requires that kind of partnership. Now Campus Safe is one of many such applications we've created over the years. That's just a very early example of something we did during the pandemic.
1: Over just like the past three years. Because we're not talking about that, that long, right? Yeah, <laughs> well,
2: in the technology world, three years is an eternity. I bet it feels like absolutely. it to you.
1: Have you gone out and sold it yet? I mean, do you have schools that are using this technology? Yeah, so...
2: It, just to be clear this was something that we did in collaboration with one of our strategic partners here in Baton Rouge i believe at its peak there was over 10000 schools that were utilizing the software so we were de- responsible for developing the mobile interface for it but there's other interfaces as well that that the schools were able to connect through and our partner did the uh, the other side of it that connected with the emergency personnel.
1: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Lex Adams of Primer, Vigilus and Griffin Games and Rachel Baron of Ruby Research. We'll continue our conversation when we come right back from this short
0: break. Support for Out to Lunch Baton Rouge comes from Adita Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Camellia Productions Marketing Consulting. Coret Leadership Lab, Communication and Conflict Resolution, Feigley Communications, Full Service Marketing, Gamble PR, H.R. NOLA, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Lolo's Youth Yoga and Art Studio, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, New Orleans Investment Conference, November 1st through 4th, Noki, New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute, Rev Realtors, The Idea Village, The Scout Guide Baton Rouge, and The Scout Guide New Orleans. You're listening to Out to
1: Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Lex Adams of Crimer, Vigilis, and Griffin Games, and Rachel Varon of Ruby Research. So, Rachel, we were talking about nonprofit, and um, you also work with some local government clients?
3: Do y'all bid on public work? Or I'm not doing public art okay, That's right a now. learning journey I have to take. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I've kind of started and is kind of in the early workings of is a women's solopreneur group. We're just designing the leader structure of it and starting mm-hmm. our meetups. And one of the things um, that I want to explore through that group and with others is to take the learning journey on how to um, draw up a successful government RFP. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the kind of work I'd like to do more of. Um, My initial set of clients have mostly been nonprofits, but nonprofits work very closely with governments on their goals, and so that's been lovely. Mm -hmm. No, I was curious because, like, in the consulting world, there's so much government
1: work. It always seems in Baton Rouge to go to the same people and there seems to be a lot of politics involved even though there are RFPs, right? And so I didn't know if you had kind of gotten little, into that world yet or if no, you am No, sh- I'm
3: sheltered from that world <laughs> right now. But I've been, um, I've had such a lovely experience with my first set of clients. Yeah. Um, it was a blessing and a gift that they arrived. Um, they arrived despite my hard work Um, They arrived uh, just unexpectedly, and it's just been such a lovely gift to um, receive the trust of an executive for the first time is a really, um, it's a gift. And that's what I have to work with, is to do my best and to use the best of my knowledge and my training to do what I can um, in these partnerships. And I've really enjoyed that challenge, and I think... um, there's a certain flavor of how I'd like to do it at Ruby Research that I get to do because um, I'm working for myself and by myself. It's nice to work for yourself especially when you have kids right? Have you done it? Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah it was wonderful. I loved it. Yes. And so Ruby Research was sort of a pivot for you as, as Lex did a pivot because you had been working for the LSU Foundation and before that LED and those are both probably you know Big high stress jobs
3: um, for Baton Rouge. The work at the LSU Foundation was such a privilege um, to serve my alma alma mater. I really enjoyed how much I was able to innovate and how much, um, how empowered I was to innovate new tools for the LSU Foundation to do its philanthropic work. so I'm very proud of what I contributed there. And coming back to Ruby Research, what, something that happened while I was at LSU Foundation is I went and back re-enrolled into my PhD program and decided my child Wonderful. wasn't too little to complete and so I spent every other weekend, all Saturday and all Sunday, in a locked office in LSU, completing my Ph.D. on the side. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah, and so I think that this Ruby Research turning is turning back to the vocation of research, which we've discussed already. But also, um, a big premise and the ethos we talked about was freedom, that mm-hmm. you should be able um if you deliver your work to have maximum freedom. And that's something that I was looking for with my child, the ability to drive her to school every day and to pick her up from school and bring her home. A lot of times I realized that those were the times that you had the important discussions about the life lessons. They were bringing challenges in from the day at work. And to be able to be there and discuss that with my child, which I'm a a mother of one, has been, it has made me feel good about yeah. living yeah and that's been great that's wonderful <laughs> that i love incredible. here yeah. thank
1: you lex tell us about griffin games because this was another company that came out of
2: crimer that's absolutely in right. recent years i would say it's a company that came of vigilus because okay. vigilus has worked on a number of projects and in particular griffin games was kind of our foray towards this dream that we all had to create a video game and uh as, as ner- really nerdy people um, Griffin Games was kind of a, a love letter to that. So any, if for anyone that's listening um, it's a Mario Party style game but if you don't know what Mario Party is, you might remember Candyland growing up. So Candyland, you roll a die and you move your character around. So it's just like that but interspersed with each turn is a mini game or a miniature game where people are connecting collecting coins and Stars so mini and mini-games within the larger game. That's right. Mini-games within the larger game competing to collect the most stuff and then ultimately win that game right
3: so much fun i'm a so. big mario party fan by the yes, way i was discussing so i was that. discussing this with my husband last night and i said you know when we're empty nesters i think it's going to be time <laughs> to buy the gaming system and uh have a little fun with that and I, and we're talking about are we going to be call of duty couple or are we going to be a mario party
2: couple and i was definitely like a mario oh. party kid yes absolutely <laughs> and it, it's on the pc we're still working on it so that's what i want yeah. so is
1: it right is it something that that users would play
3: on
2: their phones Mm -hmm.
1: or, or you said the gaming system, I mean, would would you actually, so people, they still have consoles that people buy, right? That's right. So
2: Mario Party is historically a couch co-op game, meaning that people play them locally, play the game locally with Mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. Ours is meant to be played more online. Okay. So people can get together online and connect with each other. Nice. this was a huge explosion during the pandemic, by the way, when everyone realized they couldn't necessarily get into the same room, they can now connect with each other online and have this kind of communal experience. So we're really trying to tap into that with our game. Um, it is the most ambitious game project in the history of Baton Rouge, to my knowledge. And how do you measure that? How do I measure we... that in terms of the budget of the okay. game. So. Uh, We're raising over $3 million to put this together. Wow. Right. It is um, the budget of many larger game development studios. Mm -hmm. We have a team of about 12. We are about a year and a half into development now. And there's a long road ahead of us, of course, but we just secured a partnership with one of the most popular game streamers in the world. Uh, I can't disclose the name, of course, but it is something that we are really excited to move forward with, and the next step for us is putting together a campaign for visibility for the game, and then really starting to market and launch this thing on, on a national scale.
1: That is fantastic. So, yeah, this is quite so fun. And that was sort of my next question. When you say we've launched a partnership or secured a partnership with a streamer, is that, um, is that like the equivalent of a yeah. of a producer for a movie or a publisher for a book, sort of? I mean, is that who will take you national and get you out there? In a sense. Of?
2: So there are video game publishers, just mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, a book publisher or a uh, music publisher but in this case they're more uh they have more of a cult of personality so you can think of them as an influencer okay right so they they will be working with us on the promotion so that's the huge thing that that is the huge marketing thing that we're really going for
1: well congratulations on that thank you super quick both of y'all tell me just like what's on the what's on the horizon for ruby research
3: in the next year rachel Well, I think that there are always things that are on the horizon Mm -hmm. that I'm exploring. But the way that I'm trying to direct my efforts um, is that more opportunities that deal with participatory methods of research. And what I really like about participatory methods is that they call from the community um, the questions that are of interest to answer. So we have all these data resources. a lot of times, the power is in pointing the question, and in, in structuring the question. And I really like to work with communities to define those questions and return to back to the community something of value. And so those are the opportunities I'm kind of focused on for Wonderful. the coming years. And,
1: and Lex, is it is it all on Griffin Games at the moment and this huge undertaking, or is Vigilus still oh, a, a Vigilis pretty often?
2: Yeah, Vigilus is absolutely something that is our primary focus right now. Okay. Griffin Games is the dream. But gotcha. Vigilus is making the dream happen for us. So, yes, absolutely. For Griffin Games, we're trying to grow our staff. One of the things we're doing is hiring game designers from our underserved communities here in Baton Rouge. And on the Vigilus side, we're really trying to further our mission of creating social good for, for the city.
1: Excellent. Well, Lex Adams and Rachel Varon, it's been so interesting to meet two entrepreneurs taking their skills and passions to arm us with data and information that make our systems and our businesses and nonprofits run better. We're so fortunate to have you both in Baton Rouge. Thanks so much for taking time to share your stories with me today on out to Lunch.
2: Thank you so much. My
3: pleasure.
1: My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Rachel Varon, founder and CEO of Ruby Research, and Lex Adams, CEO of Crimer, Vigilus, and Griffin Games. We edited this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Rachel's research and Lex's tech on the out to lunch baton rouge podcast you can find and subscribe to the out to lunch baton rouge podcast on your podcast app and on our website it's baton if you want to know what we all look like you can find photos from this show on it's baton and on our out to lunch baton rouge social media out to lunch is a production of ino broadcasting for it's baton and wrkf 89.3 fm the producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Anne Edelman. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansoor's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Manser's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Manser's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by PassionLily. Fair Trade Fashion 831 Charter Street or passionlily.com and by Mind Coach professional coaching for the professional brain more information at mind-coach.com and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System. Inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.